This is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. My name is Adrian, and with me today are my esteemed colleagues, co-hosts, and cohorts, Jake and Doug. Boys, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hello, mutant goons. Oh, oh we stepped you. over each other's stuff. All right. Um, no, we, get better you, breaks. we better bring some glass here. It's going to be like the Jewish parties where you break glass and step on something because you interrupted. But uh, I'm Doug, and I want to say we're going to have a stabby, stabby good time. So hopefully uh, you have a side of pumpkin innards pizza because we're going to get funky today. I like that stabby, stabby good time. That sounds like some kind of jingle, but I don't know what product it would be for. Oh, no, it's super cute. Like, um, happy, happy, joy, joy, stabby, stabby. Yeah, that? there we okay, go. Okay, right instant family. Who did that? I can't remember. Uh, anyway. So how the hell has your week been so far, you ghoulish gang of grievances? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Alliteration sucks sometimes. No, it's fun. Well, Aid, how's your school been? Has it been festive and pumpkin-y like uh, most of the schools in Halloween 6? Oh, no, 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 it was Halloween. Uh, what's the one where they go to the school and Michael's hair turns, he gets so scared he turned white? Ah. <laughs> the, the fourth one. I think it's uh, part four, yeah. With, like the pinkish shoe to his mask, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But- well, I, I just want to say, so since since you're at the school, do they actually celebrate and like put, um, you know, the old school like skeletons and pumpkins and like decorations up around the school like they do in the Halloween movies? No, no. I, in fact, the kids were telling me today, they're like, we like you the best because you're the only one who decorates for Halloween. I'm like, thank you. And I play, <laughs> I play spooky music the whole time in class, like really low in the background. So every now and again, the Halloween theme will come on and I'll turn it up and they're all looking at me and I'm like, hi. Oh, well, hey, that's the teacher to be. And you said you showed them Beetlejuice, right? When he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. fuck, Yeah. Yeah. Well, today we were talking about this earlier. I played Monster Squad after testing because I had the kids for almost an hour and they start like dropping F-bombs and stuff. And I'm like, um and like not fuck but the other f-bomb and I'm oh like, yeah that's a hard one that's one thing that's really tough but it's said by the worst character ever so i feel like you kind of get a pass yeah but still like i i don't <laughs> you can't play that now and i'm just like oh my god like i'd have to explain them so this was the 80s <laughs> <laughs> this was a very long time ago <laughs> yeah this is when it was normal to see your boss snorting coke off the uh, co-ed's ass you know it's like oh that's that's okay that's just part of the part of the side gig for sure for sure so anyway so what are, what are we talking about today guys well i feel like i have drawn the ire of many a person by thinking that a lot of the halloween franchise kind of sucks and so aid i've put it on you it's your job to convince me that a lot of the halloween franchise doesn't suck and that i suck for thinking it sucks oh okay oh you know what it's halloween suck fest here on slashers <laughs> It's not suck fast. Okay, so so yeah, I see Doug's holding up RZ's Halloweens. And I actually I have my my DVD copies that I meant to get off the shelf and I forgot to get them. But I did buy this magazine for Gawansi. And this is why I'm saying that Halloween is not a shitty franchise because it has an entire magazine dedicated to Halloween this month of Reminds. I've never heard of this magazine before. I was about to say, remind me what magazine that is that I've never (laughs) heard of ever. I don't know, but the entire magazine is about the Halloween franchise. And, you know, I saw it as I was shopping the other day. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to buy this. And it wasn't cheap. It's like $5.99 for this little... 
Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> this little nothing, but I had to buy it. Well, that yeah. reminds me. Remember when uh, Kim Kardashian did that paper magazine? And everyone's like, oh my God, paper magazine. She's on paper magazine because she's squirting milk all over her ass. And I'm like, no one knew what the fuck paper magazine was. Well, that was Champagne. Was it paper? Yeah, it was paper. Have you heard of paper before the whole Kim Kardashian thing? Because I didn't. Oh, I haven't heard no. of it now. So. Her, she had ill effect. She had the CM Punk effect, where made it relevant for all of one week, and then it was gone. Yeah, well, uh, Bat Boy still lives on in our memories at the grocery store checkout lines. I still, I miss Bat Boy, dude. Doug, you would make a great Bat Boy and Bat Boy the musical. I just throwing it out there. Any casting agents listen to this? Yeah, put me in latex foam. I'll, I'll, I'll suffer through it. So. Ah, well, I mean, I'm still thinking it wasn't paper. Was it paper? No, whatever. She she hosted Saturday Night Live last weekend. Did you guys watch it? What? Kim Kardashian. Yeah. That's just pandering to Kim Kardashian fans. It's like, well, I think I'm funny, right? (laughs) Well, now I can hashtag her this week and we're getting metadata from her big ass. Okay. But I, I didn't think she was terrible. They gave her a lot of really good skits that made fun of her. Yeah. That's a great tactic to take. And and her her opening outfit was awesome. Like I really liked her outfit. So I'll give her that for someone I don't care for. She she has that. I'm trying to be positive today. I've, I feel like I've been very negative all week. <laughs> so today is positivity, which I'm going to be positive about some of the Halloweens that everyone, namely Jake, hates. So. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) well years ago i had made a meme where it was like some stupid road i think it's in russia and they had like painted over center dividers like 15 times and so there's all these fragmented little like dashes on this road and this guy's like looking at it and i said it's explaining the continuity of the halloween franchise to people but it's pretty clear they did a really good job there's a, a nice little infographic online that you could find i think it's even on the wikipedia there's Halloween one, two, four, five, and the Curse of Michael Myers are one continuity. One, two, H two O Resurrection is another continuity. One Halloween 2018 kills and ends are another continuity. Rob Zombies one and two are another continuity, and Halloween three season of the witch could technically fit in any of those because the Halloween franchise is a franchise in that film as it is seen on TV. So that's something I think we should contextualize for people because I think that is a certain element as to my view of the degrees of badness. <laughs> yeah, and the mask gets progressively worse throughout. Oh I'm like God. starting with five. It looks like a long alien. And then this one here, I think the one in the back of Jake, or it's one of them where he has the Chola eyelashes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was resurrection where he had the chola eyelashes. Resurrection, yeah. yeah. And 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 I think all of that's fair because they, they do have a hard time keeping things, I guess, congruous. Is that the word I'm looking for? Why yeah, would I say that? that? Yeah, they had a hard time doing that because, especially if you're for some watching- reason, when he said that, it reminded me of Strong Bad being like consummate V's. I said consummate V's. <laughs> are you guys picking up those birds in the back because if not i'm gonna go turn them into roast chicken right now i mean oh. i hear them but it's a bird like birds. all right well i'm gonna go rob zombies uh michael myers kid oh, should, i'll be right back should we all pause right. are we gonna i'm gonna keep going it was just chat yeah oh your eyebrows are on point today that's rad thank you well i had to redraw them on that's what always takes me so long when <laughs> i always look at the clock i'm like fuck i didn't draw my eyebrows back on 
<laughs> well, nobody uh, gave us feedback on who won the arched eyebrow game that I proposed in the last episode. So um, like people are fucking up, man. I'm not I don't expect much from our audience, but I would just love some compliments on my eyebrow Christian Slater Jack Nicholson-ness. Oh, is that where you think you fall under? In my eyebrow? <laughs> I could do like dual people's eyebrows. But Suck it, like- the rock. <laughs> Okay, you don't I, like you're making all these faces with your forehead. Your eyebrows don't really move, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, now my eyebrows moving. articulate more than people's mouths, especially those housewives that have had all the Botox. Uh, well, it's not Botox in their mouth; they have fillers. There's a difference. Well, sure, you win. Thank you. As okay. someone who's never had botulism injected into my face, you win. Well, I mean, if you did get Botox, then your eyebrows would forever stand up where mine are. And my Botox is worn off by now. So, Do you remember when you got Botox and you texted us and then I photoshopped Steve Buscemi's eyes onto your eyes? Oh, I hate you. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) (laughs) We have to find that picture now. That's so funny. Uh, Well, too bad they don't when you get Botox. I've always been an advocate for like a little hole, like where uh, it's like you fill up your tires. So when your Botox is low, you just kind of go to like put a quarter in the machine and just kind of blow it up a little bit. Do it yourself. Well, I think you can do it yourself. And isn't there some sort of Yeah, you just leave some meat out on the counter. Don't attend to it for a week and get a syringe and just go to town. That's not what that is made of. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) I probably should look it up, but whatever. I don't know if you want to. That's the thing. I don't. I'm happy. I mean, I know that all of my makeup is is cruelty-free, so I can sleep at night with that at the very least. My fake eyebrows are cruelty-free. There you go. There we go. All right. So Doug is back. So, I, okay. And so I get why for some people, the Halloween franchise is not their favorite. But for me growing up, Halloween was always my favorite. And I don't know why. I guess I just sort of pick like you had to pick one. Freddie, Jason, Michael. Michael was always my favorite. I think it's because I I watched Halloween the first one so many times. Jason is like, I don't know, Jason is your favorite. But Jason is kind of like a big oaf sometimes. I feel like his mom is scarier than he is. And then Freddy, Freddy's fun. Like Freddy's a good time, but he's not as, uh, I'm not as scared of Freddy as I think I am of Michael, if that makes any sense. I don't know how you guys feel. Well, because Freddy doesn't have rules. Established in the first one, he doesn't have rules. And that's one of the things that's frustrating. Like Michael Myers kind of in the first one, because he gets up and, and meanders away. Like there's like the ambiguity of how you defeat him. And then in the first Friday the 13th, you don't even really know if it's a dream or whatever at the end in terms of like a self-contained story. But from the very onset, Freddie is like, hey, you thought you killed me and you didn't fuck off. And you're just like, that that's kind of unfair. And I always liked Jason and Roy because they are the most angry. And I, I like so as a caveat, I do like especially the original Halloween and even Doug pointed out like Halloween 2 is really good. It's interesting. The ambiance is good. The amorphousness of him is good. The motivation of him is good. They even refer to him as the shape because he's not even like an entity. He's like, it's all vague. It's like everything about him has a blurred line. When you look on a Zoom background and somebody doesn't have a green screen, it's all kind of fuzzy. Like, I love that. And then what I really don't like and why I think that the tra- the sequels are a betrayal, if you will, et to brute is because they add definition and you realize 
It's kind of like the opposite of beer goggles. It's like sobriety, like post nut clarity, if you will, hearkening back to last week with Doug. Ooh, that was a history lesson in itself here. But yeah, no, I, I feel exactly what you mean. Freddy was always my favorite, at least like the first three movies. Yeah, so it's funny. I like Freddy. You like Jason and Aid like Michael. So so it's fitting. Oh. Yeah, no, it's very fitting. But uh, no, Halloween, Halloween was one of those movies that um, the first time I seen it was... I rented it from the library on a, on a VHS, and uh, this is before I've seen, uh, you know, Texas. I've seen Texas Chainsaw. I saw Nightmare on Elm Street three, and all these other movies. And Halloween was like one of the last ones I seen. So to me, it wasn't as uh, it was kind of duller than the other films, especially Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like to me, that was that was horrifying. Yeah, uh, you know, as a kid. Uh, in fact, my mom made me watch it because she's like, "Here, this is why you don't pick up hitchhikers." I'm like, "Mom, I don't even drive." <laughs> you know? so, I'm on a tricycle. <laughs> yeah, she's like, well, "You don't talk to strangers. You don't get your photo taken." I'm like, "Well, what do they do at Disneyland? You know, mm-hmm. am I supposed to like not take the photos that the photographers do?" Well, but, just um, don't get the one who's cutting their hand with a straight razor. Go for the Disney employee who's perhaps not engaging in self destruction. Yeah. See, I see. It's funny. I knew some people that would be like, once the hitchhiker started like burning the picture and cutting himself, it's like, okay, okay, stop doing that. I'll buy the picture. For <laughs> Fine. Okay. Do you take Venmo? <laughs> uh, I love but it. Yeah. I, I definitely think that Texas Chainsaw is like almost unfair, kind of like my buddy Valentine, which I always go back to. It's my favorite. It's so different. And it's so weird to me how they're not really included, but like you can't compare Texas Chainsaw, that frenetic, uneasy pace. I feel like it's kind of got a blend of the three, you know, Jason, Michael and Freddie in in ways, you know, the the bizarreness and almost the comedic nature of Freddie, you know, the anger and like just loathsomeness in this family relationship and then this just weird like how do they exist like who's the matriarch of this family kind of ambiguity of michael so yeah and honestly especially when you include if you want to do a franchise texas chainsaw beats halloween in my opinion but it's so unfair because it seems like it's just stacked the deck in its favor i don't know how do you guys feel in that comparison comparing it to halloween well i definitely say that well besides the first two texas chainsaws the third one's almost like a whole other movie yeah uh the fourth one's a whole other remake kind of and then you get the remakes and you get the sequel to the, the prequel to the remakes and then you get texas chainsaw 3d um with uh leatherface somehow having a mansion and uh, living in a basement and then you get that leather that french film which which you know, I think that movie would have been better if it wasn't called Leatherface. It was more like a French extreme film that yeah. felt something like Martyrs. But I don't know. I just feel like there's more variety in the Texas Chainsaw movies. And I personally like the, the family aspect of it, especially the first two movies. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. You just can't beat that. And that's why for Halloween, for me, it was always like, eh, the first one is whatever. But I liked two and everyone hates me, but I like three the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then also you have to look at the production. I mean, Texas Chainsaw came out years before Halloween, but you don't really do a comparison because the nature of the film is so different. The freneticness, the pseudo true crime element, all of those things really make it distinguished. And it's it's weird to me that you don't compare. But I mean, that's not what we're here for. We're here to, for Adrian to argue with Jake. And I feel like <laughs> we're all excited to see how Jake can look down his nose at everybody's hard work 
in filmmaking, which I've never done personally and have no meretricious argument except that I'm just kind of a snarky asshole. <laughs> yes, can't, can't disagree with You did that. not expect me to cut it myself with laser focus like that, did you? <laughs> well, okay, but just really quickly, though, I think that it's really hard to compare which is why uh, Leatherface is never really in the category of Freddie, Jason, Michael, because because you have the family, and I feel like the setting too is not as as gothic as the other ones, as as far as you know, Halloween's usually in like a colder climate in the fall. Um, Even though with, you can see the palm trees in the background, yeah. <laughs> okay, in Pasadena. Anyway, let's pretend we're Californians. You have every fucking asshole has been to that sidewalk and taken a picture with that hedge. It's just it's like if you like horror and you're within 300 miles of Pasadena, you've probably taken that picture and posted it on social media at some point. So now that we've addressed yeah. it, we can move. That on. little cement stump has seen more ass than a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I haven't gone, so whatever. You're not in California. You have a default excuse. But we, I mean, I mean, like you know, I would love to go visit where they filmed The Lost Boys too. But yeah, whatever. It's neither here nor there. I probably end up in a winery, anyways. So, <laughs> um, but as far as like, it's hard to be scared. I guess I think it takes a lot of merit though to 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 film a movie in a setting that is not, you know, like dark and dreary, like, because, you know, even uh, Jason's in New Jersey. Right. And then yep. we have Freddie is in like the Midwest. Where's Freddie? He's in Ohio. He's in Ohio. Yeah. So those are all sort of colder climates, like, you know, more dreary type climates, but then you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre in Texas, which is dry. hot and dry. And, and then even, you know, like, what do we have? We have, in Florida, Jeepers Creepers, like the beginning of Jeepers Creepers is filmed in Ocala. And so like the, they had that church in Ocala for years and I guess some crackhead burned it down. So there's a lot of oh. crackheads in Ocala though. So I'm not surprised, <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, aside from the, the whole background aspect of, you know, the creator of Jeepers Creepers, the beginning of the movie is scary, even though it's set in this very like, you know, Florida Florida E backwoods type place, right? But you Floridian. can't never, Floridian, yes, but you can't really compare. I, I just don't think you can put those movies or any type of movie that's not like in that same realm with Freddie, Jason, Michael. And sometimes you can like squeeze in Chucky. Sometimes he's in New Jersey too, but he's also in the city. So it's, I don't know. There's like something about like being in like the suburbs and, you know, running away from these scary slashers. Oh, scary slashers. <laughs> um, <laughs> like in a fall setting, albeit I know that two of the Halloweens are one of them is the first ones filmed in California. Obviously, we know that because we can see the palm trees. It's Jake mentioned, whatever. But also hey. H2O, H2O is actually set in California. So the Which is funny because schools like that don't exist here. With like oak and dumb waiters and stuff. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. We have public schools and portable trailers on the asphalt, you asphalt. Yeah, I, mean, I wish I really wish that's the one thing I didn't like about H2O. It should have taken place in like like South Central. You know what I mean? Because Michael Myers, you know, you get someone going around with a mask and a knife. They'll get shot up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Which, so, you know. It, but that also brings me to some of the points that I have to make too, because I feel like uh, seven and eight bring in 
seven, especially H2O brings in LL Cool, cool J, right? So that they can be a little bit inclusive. Like that's as far as they're going to reach with their inclusivity in these films. And then Resurrection <laughs> has Busta. Busta. Busta, Busta. And, and Tyra Banks, right? So, oh, we got two black, no, and Sean Patrick Flannery. So yeah. they're like, oh, we're really inclusive with this one. And we brought the internet. And <laughs> we got the guy from Barbershop, everyone. <laughs> so I'm not Sean Patrick Flannery. What's his name? Sean, Sean Patrick uh, Thomas. Whatever. Pretty damn close. I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. I Sorry. just love the idea of you transpose Boondock Saints with Barbershop. Barbershop Saints. It's oh, perfect. Yeah. That would Ooh. be perfect. Can we set it in the Soul Plane universe? <laughs> <laughs> I think that works. That'd be fun. That's how Michael Myers got his, uh, he went to the barbershop. That's how he got his eyelashes done. (laughs) Funny enough, a former host of this show was sending me a project that they're working on with regard to a mask for Michael Myers. And they had put the hair back so that they could do airbrushing and whatever. And it looked like Michael Myers had cornrows. And I was like, look, (laughs) I've asked so little of you in the tenure of our friendship. Please just give me this. Please finalize the cornrows and go to your stupid premiere wearing this. Let me down. But if you think that the next installment, Halloween Kills, should feature a cornrowed Michael Myers Bergstein, let me know in the comments. Because I am all team Michael Myers cornrows. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, I'd be down. I'd watch it. Yeah. And lip liner. I think lip liner would be a great touch with maybe like a little, you know, facial tattoo of sorts. Well, now we're getting into when uh, Leatherface is super in drag and the Matt McConaughey one, right? Yes. Which, which I which love. Is- it's perfect. Sometimes yeah. you're even more true to the source material given the Ed Gein references. Yeah, that's a good one, though. I like that one. Nobody I like it, one. too. The only problem is he never kills anyone with a chainsaw. Um, There's no chainsaw deaths in there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got to say, too, Rick Rosenthal also directed uh, Halloween uh, Resurrection, and he also did Halloween 2. So, you know, what happened? What happened? <laughs> okay, so, well, this is, all right, so let's get back to the our little thing. Okay. Oh, shit. Before we get into Resurrection, because I, I want to kind of end my little spiel on Resurrection, because I know everybody hates it so fucking much, but I do have a defense. But I did, so I looked up the name of the movie. I found out their Rotten Tomatoes percentage rating, but I never listened to Rotten Tomatoes, because it's always, like, 12 people rated. Like, who cares? Oh, yeah, like, Metacritic, I never go by anything. I take kind of an average of, like, the user score and the critic score and then i look at the numbers of each and I'm like get the fuck out of here uh, yeah. and people people can buy percentages on there they could say oh you know universal is doing it we'll give you a million bucks if you give it a 96 yeah i just i mean i had a lot going on and then uh i had uh open house last night and all these bullshit things going on this week so for me i feel like there we'll just go with the percentage for now uh so we have halloween six which is the one that i'm defending because nobody likes the curse of michael myers except for me for some reason and by the way doug i looked for that purse this morning did not find it in hottopic.com so very sad you should have told me i would have bought it and sent it to you i know okay if you go back let me know and i'll venmo you because i really want it um we, i mean we have a hot topic here i guess i can go to the mall and look for it but i don't ever buy anything at stores anymore <laughs> like everything is ordered now like who the hell still goes to the mall like literally our only stores left in the mall down the street right now is hot topic and spencer's gifts 
Uh, yeah, oh. it's well. See, hot topic. They they really pushed it. To, I feel bad for the employees because they really they go in there and the the employees like harass you. They say, "Hi, do you need help? Uh, let, let me get you open you up a credit card. Let me let me follow you around." I'm like, "No, please." Like as soon as we walked in, they started doing that, and, I'm, and then other employees came up and me and Harry were like, uh, "All right." Roll up the windows. Let's go. Roll them up. So let's go. I know that's so sad. I mean, because they're probably not doing well. So you know, what are you going to do? Um, but we and we have a spirit store where the J.C. Penny was. <laughs> I have only seen one spirit near me. Doug, do you have any near you? Yeah, there's there's uh, there's one in Pomona, one in uh, West Covina, and. Uh, one right next to me in uh, San Dimas. No. Oh, there you go. See, you got to take a little road trip. Take a family trip out to the spirit store. It's a good time. Yeah, see, and everyone's like, what would you do today? Well, I took the kids to the family, uh, you know, to the spirit store. They're like, oh, that's weird. I shook my family tree and a bunch of nuts came out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so back to Halloween 6. Curse of Michael Myers came out 95, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, hour and 28 Ouch. minutes. I know. But it has Paul Rudd. Again, I always defend this one because of Paul Rudd. Uh, Marion Hagen, which I don't really know her from anything else. Donald Pleasance is back and Mitchell Ryan. Uh, so basically, this installment marks the return of the seemingly indestructible mass murderer who is targeting Tommy Doyle, a young man tied into the legacy of the killer and his connections with the Strode family. As the supernatural elements of Michael's macabre abilities are explored, his longtime adversary, Dr. Sam Loomis, is also back in another attempt to stop the psychopath's brutal rampages. And this is where we begin the whole bullshit with the thorn, which they sort of kind of allude to it in part two, where they talk about, quote, Sam Hain. <laughs> Samuel Heine? <laughs> yeah. So they do mention this in part two. So, you know, were they were they expecting to expand this? I don't think at the time, maybe not, because they veered off to that other story with part three. So they go back to Michael Myers. They have four and five with Daniel Harris, who is supposed to be Lori's daughter, who is not an H2O. Yep. She has a son at this point, H2O, which is Josh. Who is Josh Hartnett? Joshua. His first the scat movie. man. Right. Deep. Listen to where, the where he has a haircut that looks like he fell asleep and he never combed his hair and it's like just sticking up from the pillow. Yeah, but that he was looks the like style. Lloyd Christmas's son from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I got worms. Oh my god, that's awful. I used to think he was so hot too. I was like, oh, I can't wait to go to high school so I can date guys like that. And then Lucky Number Slevin came out, and you're like, hey, dodge the bullet. Yeah, and you realize guys like that smell like old socks and bologna. So oh, like, and oh. X. Oh, no, not oh, X. Oh, an X body spray. Bod that bod. comes in like the Windex bottle. Mm-hmm. Little plastic <laughs> ones. Yeah, uh-huh. I know. Better so, for the environment, though. So let's give those bros the credit they're due. Uh, now, before you go into that, like Halloween, The Curse of Michael Miles, I, I, I just rewatched both cuts uh, the other night before I was going to sleep. And I do got to say, Halloween 6, um, I could see the appeal for it. Because I like how this one is almost, this one almost feels like fan fiction, like in-depth fan fiction because um, Yahira's mom like caught wind of it and she didn't know what was going on. She's like, who are these kids? Like she, you know, she didn't really see all of them. She's kind of watched them in between. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm like, well, that makes sense. But I did like uh, one of the best characters that got killed, uh, Bradford English, the one who plays uh, John, Stro- uh, the, John Strode, the dad that's like, yeah. you're, you're coming in here. Like, I'm just like, man, kill this guy already. Kill him. And. Now, there I am yeah. cheering for Michael Myers to kill him with a washing machine. 
I know. And that's, and, but that's the thing. He dies two different ways. He dies much horrifically, much more horrifically in the theatrical cut with all the shit coming out and it's like head like bubbles up and sort of explodes. Right. And then, and the director's cut like a, like a, like, like no, what is it? You guys are talking about netting. Like there's no like gratification with that one. Yeah. Right. There's just nothing happens. <laughs> netting happens. <laughs> oh my God. Look at me. I made a joke. It's like when you like for, for here's the, here's one for some of our kinkier people you're doing edging. Right. But, and then you start to bust, but you don't get the orgasm. You just have like a mess. That's, that's what that is. Oh, that's okay. never happened to me though. I have a, oh, I have a, uh, of course not. <laughs> no, that's why you got to get like a bandaid or something to cover your pee hole before it comes and then just watch spray like no, a faucet. No, Doug, that's not what you do. You get a golf tee and you just shove it in there. Oh, someone had uh, an STD before. Oh, ah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it wasn't gonorrhea. It turns out it was just a splinter. Oh, just kidding. It's a joke. No, that's why you got to use WD 40 when you're fucking those oh, tree knots. God. So, <laughs> how do, what are how we, we talking about? How do we get to the curse of Michael Myers to fucking edging? I think it's important because it, it it kind of goes to your style. Like, do you want to just get to the gushy goodness, or you want to do the sting tantric sex bullshit? Do you got an extra eight minutes to add to the length of the film or not? Do you want a tattoo that looks like the little boat from It turned <laughs> sideways? Go for it. The SS Georgie Porgy or whatever. I, I mean, this is the fucking problem I have with this trilogy. The Thorn trilogy is it's it's the exact same shit as the new Star Wars sequels, where it's like, hey, you know, here's some ideas. And then somebody's like, fuck those ideas. And then the other person's like, fuck those fucked ideas. And each one is like trying to like restart in a trilogy there. Like, I would love to see somebody like a Topher Grace go in and edit the three of these into like two movies. Cause I think that between the three, there's like two good movies there, but mm -hmm. who knows if that footage even exists. Yeah. Well, one thing I got to say with the curse of Michael Myers, since there is two different cuts of this, the theatrical one has the one scene where Dr. Loomis walks into the, uh, that other doctor's office and he has the suit and tie and he's like, so you found out my plans, huh? And then in the producer's cut, I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Like Dr. Loomis just walks in and he turns his chair around and he's wearing like this, the cult garb. He looks like the cult from the Simpsons. <laughs> he's just like, oh, so you found my runes. The uh, stone cutters, right? <laughs> yeah, stone cutters. I'm like, oh man, this is like, what would you do? If you, I'm like, you're a little cringy, dude. You know, I should turn that seat back around and do that again yeah and you know, like no go ahead i could understand a little bit of the apprehension with the filmmakers though because i had always remembered this as being the least profitable halloween film but in preparing for today's episode it was actually five that was the least profitable so i could totally understand where they're like mm, let's dial it back let's kind of rejigger let's do that stuff but then that's the problem when it gets from five to six is it's just like we already had something that of ostensibly like a course correction between four and five where, you know, she's not a killer or whatever, and she's a mute or whatever. And then you have another kind of course correction. I really would have loved for it to feel cohesive because even the producer's cut, which I realized I had seen, it was talking about the different cuts we even talked about on the show a long time ago. Even that version doesn't feel like cohesive to the other two, right? Um, I feel one way because I just saw the director's cut and, and they explained what happened to Jamie at the end of five and that the people, the Thorn people had taken her and that's why they had her at the beginning of this one. Because in the theatrical cut, there's no explanation. Like she wakes up there, like they have her. So 
where did they get her? And then the director's cut, they alluded the fact that Michael had raped her. Uh-huh, which is incest. Yeah, and that's where the baby came from. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This <laughs> is like, I, I I, didn't know. Like, I I prefer the other one where I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's really gory and it's fun and they've got a lot of fun and grunge, you know, 90s music and Paul Red saves the day because he's kind of like really fucking creepy in the, in the director's version. And I'm like, I don't like Paul Red this way. Let's bring him back to the other one, so... Well, the writer right. even talked about him being a sexual deviant, the Daniel Ferrandes, um, which is just, it's, it, it all comes to varying degrees. That's one of the things being so far removed. Like we look back at stuff like Black Christmas and we're like, oh, it's so lurid. It's so gross. Is it that much grosser than like Michael Myers watching his sister fuck? Like, um, yeah, I, there's some questions that we have to ask. I I don't know, but it's weird because it's, and I don't know if it's that time, but even, what is it? The one where they're at the carnival and they get stuck in the fun house. What is it called? Not a fun one from the 80s. Is oh, it, the fun house? Or is it fun house? The, you were talking about the one where that, mon, the Frankenstein monster. Okay. Ugly face. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, fun house. Oh. Oh, yeah. Funhouse. Okay. I thought but you were talking get- about in the Halloween franchise. I'm like, I don't remember. No, no, no. Funhouse was just completely unrelated. But back then, they, they show the brother walking in and watching the sister taking a shower. And like, I'm like, is this what we think little brothers do? Like, watch their si- I don't remember my brother doing that. Like, According that's to the nasty. front page of Pornhub, though? Yeah, that's probably what happens. Oh. And then I remember in that movie, too, the gypsy was was the monster's mom. And he gives him a hand job. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and she like wipes the cum off. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is graphic. Uh, <laughs> that movie is that's a good movie. Oh, I don't know why we never talked about that. Oh, did we hear the? We hear the track? sirens. It's okay. Ah, uh, there we go. It's a six star warrant. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of kill traffic. frenzy. Is that still a thing? I haven't GTA'd <laughs> since San Andreas. I think kill frenzy wasn't that from the first game kill frenzy that's that's going way back to that, PlayStation. at least days. two and three i remember because you used to there was one in the first where you're the mute guy with the leather jacket and the green pants there was one at the hospital like to the side and there was up some stairs so i would i remember i got the kill frenzy and then i jumped over the rail because i'm like fuck yeah dude i'm gonna kill some people and i like took a bunch of damage and broke my legs and got up and i was already arrested so you know, mm. the things that stick with you, you're the lingering failures. It's a regular <laughs> Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, I just all, all I remember is watching uh, my ex-boyfriend play that game and then picking up hookers all the time. Like, that's all I can remember. So he was sending yeah. you harsh signals like, hello, hello. Yeah. You could be not hookery enough. <laughs> Lucky girl. Uh, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, that's kind of sadistic. I felt like the kid in Rob, in Rob Zombie's Halloween. What I used to do is I'd go pick up the hookers. And we'd go on a bridge, they would fuck, and then I'd drive up close to the bridge so when they exit the door, they fall into the water. So you wouldn't even want your money back. You're like, <laughs> like dinner and a show. Oh, wait, I guess not dinner and a show. Well, it depends on if you do cunnilingus or not, and then the show. Yeah, I just said, okay, you can keep your tip money. <laughs> you know, just, you know, now you're a part of the ocean. <laughs> Halloween is supposed to be family friendly. Wow. I, I, um, here's Doug. You got the motion of the ocean. Now you got the ocean of the ocean. Uh, yeah, and then my brother would sit next to me and he'd make all these loans, and uh, you could spray them look like the fire hydrant. I remember <laughs> we would set things on fire, and he's like, That's how you hose the hose. Ah, so, there you uh, go. 
See, yeah. that was why people, you know, have no respect for sex workers because of GTA. So honestly, <laughs> imagine, imagine the vitriol if you did cruising meets Grand Theft Auto 3. Like people were already really upset about like heterosexual hookerness. But imagine if it was like, hey, I'm fisting a guy in a public bar. I think that would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been a fun mini game. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, uh, but but no, I mean, I was killing everybody in Grand Theft Auto. Old people, young people, some as big as your head and bigger. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, back to Halloween. So let's move on to Halloween 7, H2O 98, 20 years later, uh, or Halloween water, as people like to say. So I just thought it was Super interesting. Super frustrating because I was like, deep blue sea it's gonna be like michael myers goes hawaiian and then it was in a musty old building with wooden banisters fuck out of here i would love if my school looked like that that would be so great i would Um, also love if michael myers wore a hawaiian shirt well i mean they take those like sexy slasher pictures on the beach now i'm googling this do you think that the halloween theme has ever been played on a steel drum I'm sure it has been. It's probably on YouTube. I, I know people that do. A, there's this YouTube channel yep. where they make music on floppy disks, and it plays like through uh, like Commodore 64, like floppies, and it's the sound of the machine moving. Yep, I found it. It's on YouTube. Halloween theme steel drum cover. Open parenthetical. Very spooky. Closed parenthetical. <laughs> it actually sounds pretty good. It's in my ears right now. Well, you should play that uh, on, at, at your class, Aid. You know, know. it's like you're gonna play something real spooky, and the kids are like getting down, like, "Yeah, I want to roast a pig now." Oh my god! Okay. You know, you could uh, you could be like, "Oh, a manch uh, with the ganja, ganja. He got the greenest eyes." The the ganja's eyes. The ganja's eyes. Jake's uh, appropriation over here, people. <laughs> I don't know if, if I'm racist by saying that. I'm, just making, no. I'm trying to make fun of, of stoners. You never Jack Black in, uh, in well, I know, still know what you did last <laughs> summer. That's who I'm making fun of. Oh, my God. Okay. Back to the subject. Okay. So we have... Anyways, 98, 20 years after the fact, and it grossed 55 million, 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. And it's only a few minutes shorter than the other one, an hour and 25. And obviously, at this one, we have Michael finding Lori 20 years later. She's got a new name, and she's got a son who's 17, and they, she teaches. She's like the headmistress at this amazing school. Like, I want her job. I want her job. I want the job. And she goes and drinks two glasses of wine at lunchtime. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, is this my future? Is this, She's not is the this? stuffy school mom type lady from True Lies. No. Well, yeah, she didn't dump good. out the wine. She's like, 1987 this is this is expired it's done that <laughs> which i okay so if we're talking about continuity i love the fact and this is completely off the wall and it just made me think of it but Lori, obviously she's very like bookish and you know meek i remember in the first one she wanted to go to homecoming with this guy bennett tramer and she was really mortified when annie was like called him up and told her about it and she's like annie you know you have to call him back da, da, da. i'm so embarrassed in part two bennett tramer is the one who looked like michael myers they crashed into the car and he mm-hmm. went up in flames and died so i guess she's never going to go to homecoming with bennett tramer yeah, he can just extra crispy yeah dude <laughs> but just no carry tea. an urn 
<laughs> anyway, so back to H2O. So she's obviously, Lori has, um, you know, she's an alcoholic, a functioning alcoholic, and she's just still not over all this bullshit with Michael. So I guess H2O basically ignores four, five, and six. Yep. And just moves on to seven, which I like. Brings in LL Cool J and he's not as he's not annoying. He's not like Buster Rhymes in Resurrection. Like he's not irritating. He's not like a disrespectfully token character. Yeah. No, he's just, you know, he's he's the security guard. He's he's adorable. He's trying to he's trying to, you know, write his romance novels. <laughs> you know, he's just fucking around on the job, and that's how Michael gets You gotta into the love that he always has like extracurricular ambitions. Like even I referenced Deep Blue Sea earlier. Like, yeah, I got this gig, but I wanna host my Emerald Legacy show, bam. Yeah, like he's, you know, and he's a lovable character. I think he does those types of characters so well because you you really want to see him live to the end. And, you know, in this one, he does. Spoiler, sorry. You think he dies, but he doesn't. Oh, but I, you know, with the only one with this one, I think that the, the issue with this one was that Michael isn't as big as he normally is i think this is the shortest michael myers i want to say i was reading somewhere a long time ago that he's like the top cruise of michael myers yeah he's like the smallest one so whatever because you know if you look at that and then tyler main playing him clearly huge difference who is taller was it tyler main or gucci main (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i thought thought they were related i'm sorry they got a hell of a pro wrestling tag team wouldn't they Oh, I should have went and got my Tyler. I got Tyler Main autographed um, as Michael Myers. And it says, don't get up. Don't make me get up, Adrian. Anyway. Uh-oh. I know. Could just take me away from all this shit, will you? Anyways. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Brad Laurie played him in that movie. 6'2". Not terrible. Uh, if I'm not. Dick Warlock was shorter than that, right? Am, okay. Am what part was that? I can't remember. Well, and that's it. But he just looks smaller in stature. Like Atkins. He's just, he's protein loading. Okay. No carbs. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, but Nancy Stephen comes back at the beginning. I love the little cameo with J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt with the ice skate in his face. Oh, so good. And, you know, I like that, you know, that's that they cleaned up uh, Dr. Loomis's story really well because she was caring for him. And that's why Michael went there to find out information and where Lori was. So that's how he finds her. And so it, it's nice. It would be nice if that ended there when she beheaded him at the end. I did like the teens in this movie. Jody Lynn O'Keefe was great. I love the part where she gets her leg caught in the dumbwaiter. And like when she pulls it out, it's like hanging by a thread and she's dragging herself across the yeah. floor. I'm like, oh, it's so good. It was so good. And it's legitimately, I think that part is really scary in that movie. In fact, I remember watching it. We rented it when I was, so I would have been 10 and me and my cousin, my dad rented it for my cousins and me, and we all watched it. And literally that gave me goosebumps and I was really scared at that part. So moving on. So that I think that it's a good installment. I th- I don't know why people don't like it because honestly, I feel like it wraps up really nicely. It just kind of makes sense. Is, is California or that posh school a very gothic setting and scary setting? I, at night, I think it was. I think it did its job. Like there were old parts in the school that were scary, that the kids were in there in the dark and stuff. So a lot of locked gates that they couldn't get through. Whatever. I had, I had fun. I had fun with that one. Honestly, I like that one. 
I think it's fun. I think it's well done. The pacing is interesting. The settings being where they are. I, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's definitely drawn upon pretty heavily in 2018. I think they definitely looked at what they did there in resetting the continuity and they changed it. Instead of trying to overcome her demons with alcohol and substance abuse, she's obviously become like a doomsday prepper. So there's stuff, there's, you know, there's enough stuff there. But the, I mean, and I get that Michael has been a bit of a prankster. You know, you go back to even the first one with the sheet, he's a little bit of a prankster. But the idea that he's going to, dress a guy up in his mask and clothes and watch from the bushes i'm assuming masturbating while the guy gets his head cut off conveniently wait and then wait a ambiguous amount of time to come back in resurrection silly trite contrived no thank you but that that goes to my original issue is i like halloween and then the next one's like and the next one's like the next one's like Well, okay. Well, so we're, we're gonna have you watched Halloween five recently? Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't have a voice and I'm actually not a murderer. I'm a little girl. Me. Well, I was just kind of surprised, like the whole thing, like the tonally it's 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 odd because there's a scene where the cops are like, Well, we didn't see anything in here. <laughs> and then it's playing like clown like squat like duck squawk the, music. The penguins, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, man, what the, the hell happened here? Yeah, no, I know. And that's the thing too, because he I, I always feel like four and five are just the weakest ones. And I don't know, because I just don't like the idea of a little girl being involved. I do like the ending of four that you th- that it's her. And I yeah. think that Rob Zombie even comes back to that with part two with Lori and everything. Sort of come back to that, you know, trope of, you know, oh, she's, she's the killer now. Oh. But as far as in between, yeah, re- is Resurrection the strongest one? Obviously not. But the 12% of Rotten Tomatoes, an hour and 29 minutes, they try to like stuff it with all of these pieces. People, Sean Patrick Thomas is in it. Like I said, Ryan Merriman, like all of these Disney Channel kids were in the movie. Like Ryan Merriman, um, <laughs> Daisy McCracken, I think she's in like Hallmark movies now. I'm like, what are these people doing in this fucking movie? And then it's 2002. So I think they really tried to sort of put it with the time, especially because, you know, the internet was like becoming what it, what it is now, right? So they've got like this streaming reality show that you have to watch online and they have headsets on and they're going into the Myers house and, and staying there overnight, which I think is a good premise. Mm-hmm. Do I like Buster Rhymes in it? No, I think he's terrible. This whole Kung Fu thing, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, shut up, please. Eye roller, yeah. I mean, you know, if anybody had to die, like they killed Tyra Banks, they don't even show her death, which pisses me off. Mm-hmm. So there are some issues I have with it, but I do like the fact that on the DVD, if you have the old one from back in the day, they do have the entire film from when the, the headsets from the actors, because the actors' headsets actually do function. They, they were on the whole time in filming. Oh. So you, they cut the movie through the camera. So you have a whole like, you know, first person point of view version of it, which I think is really good. That's interesting. Actually, I don't mind that. Yeah, it's actually scarier than the, the actual film because it cuts out all of the, you know, all the filler they had to have. I do like the fact that they kind of ended Lori's story in that one, though, at the beginning. that She dies and then we just move on because at this point, maybe we I think that some of the success with Friday the 13th is that you're basically with the exception of Tommy Jarvis, I guess. But you're kind of starting over every movie. Right. Whereas yeah. Halloween tries to drag all of these people with it the whole way. I mean, even with Friday the 13th, like, I mean, yeah, we pick up new characters and the old ones die off like, not Friday the 13th, I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah. We do kill Nancy in part, you know, 
You need to say kind of the same with uh, Hellraiser as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For Until sure. She comes back later on when they kind of like try and reboot the franchise. That's the thing. Like the Halloween franchise seems so fractured and fragmented because they keep trying to have the continuity. Whereas I think you're totally right. If you just kind of use a, a clean slate over and over again, uh, how are these fucking kids keep end up out of my camp? Yeah. You know? I'm assuming that's what Jason sounds like under the mask. He's Italian. Hey, Scunada, get you on a Crystal Lake, okay? Well, he's from Jersey, so you know he could be Guido. You know, I would oh, love so much to see him like pointing at his six pack the whole time. Oh my god, he would be Guido. You're right because he is Jersey. Oh Gold my god. chain. That would be so great if Corey Feldman or whatever the fuck kid killed him by strangling him with his gold chain. <laughs> he's, he's like tricks on you i actually sold you fool's gold no <laughs> and that's how he gets struck by lightning and comes back it strikes the gold chain <laughs> resuscitates his still beating heart real quick resurrection look at the screenwriters one dude no wikipedia other dude let's look at this uh objectively wrote the script for cube to hypercube Mm-hmm. That is the name of that movie. It's very bad. And he also squared. The Crow Wicked Prayer, the one with Edward Furlong. Oh my god. Who's already getting a little husky by that point as the titular crow. Conan the Barbarian with Jason Momoa and The Legend of Hercules with Not the Rock that came out around the same time as The Rock. So yeah, Sean Hood I'm glad that you're making a living. I'm glad that you're ostensibly a USC adjunct professor. But also, if we could just expunge the world of your filmography, I'd be a happier person today. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of bad ones there. I agree. But I mean, I forget. I remember reading something on the 2000 resurrection that they were like trying just trying to pump it out. It wasn't anything that that they cared or thought about. I mean, less budget. This is a a cash grab if you could. I mean, because really H2O was like an exponential amount of growth. I mean, especially comparatively, it was kind of like the five to 15 over and over again. And that one shot up the numbers pretty significantly. And so they just went for it. And I think that's a huge whiff which prompted a reboot five years later, which I mean, when people make fun of, you know, the Spider-Man versus Amazing Spider-Man, it's not that different than Resurrection to Rob Zombie. Yeah, well, let me get your opinion. You guys like the Rob Zombie one? Because I absolutely, I I love the Rob Zombie one. In fact, when I seen it in the theaters, I I was, uh, it was, the theatrical cut is different from the the director's cut Mm -hmm. again. That's a little longer, yeah. It's longer, but you want to know what? I think the first 40 minutes of Rob Zombie's Halloween is great. Uh, granted, it takes away the whole mystic thing of the shape and just being purely evil. You get, you know, maybe he was evil. He was just kind of growing up in this really fucked up household. So, you know, if if, uh, if Monster Squad was thrown on the F word, I can't even remember how many times I counted it in uh, the first four minutes of Rob Zombie's version. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, it, it's typical Rob Zombie, but I love that. I love his, the, the shots that he does, the close-ups, and uh, I think the family dynamic really adds because I like, I mean, I love Donald Pleasance, which I'm not saying, uh, you know, Michael McDonald is, is better than Donald Pleasance, but I think the way he took the Dr. Loomis character, this is how a remake should be. It should be completely different, and I think that's what Rob Zombie did. You know, there was some, uh, that, if you watch it, the first hour is Rob Zombies, and afterwards it's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta do a carbon copy of Halloween. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It, you know, it follows the same treads and stuff. But yeah, I really like uh, Lori in this one here. She's very how would 
teen would be, you know, during all that. Well, in a Rob Zombie movie, at least. What frustrates me is it's just like this is the epitome of I I talk about this all the time when it comes to metadata. You could have just made this its own movie. And I think that it way better. Because it doesn't have the mystique of the shape being lost. Like, I wouldn't feel that comparative analysis because it's like the one thing I really liked about the original Halloween that I like those blurred lines versus here you get, you know, HD, super gritty, almost to a point of like pervasively looking at like, the you know, it's very voyeuristic. You're seeing people yeah. at their worst over and over again. One thing I will say, the orange paper mache mask is my favorite Halloween mask. I, I like it better than the original Shatner mask. It is awesome. And mm-hmm. it's very sad that it's not like the thing. Like, imagine if that was just his mask from, you know, day one, episode one, you'd be fucking stoked. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I, I get the I think that a lot of people are angry at the remake and they're angry at Rob Zombie doing this. Right. It's just like it's just like they're angry with the monsters. So I feel like the people went into it not wanting to see it. I do like that it's grittier. I do like that it's just more disgusting. I do like the beginning part, but I don't I don't really necessarily think that that's how the initial Michael Myers grew up. I think he had a nice little family and I think that he was just crazy. And I I, I think that's good enough. I don't it's think it's better to- if it's not a broken home, right? If he has every excuse to be reasonable and rational and normal, but despite the best of circumstances, he's still a monster. That as a parent, that's what fucking scares me. Is like I could do my best with my kids, and they could still end up fucking evil. Yeah, yeah. And and well, the one thing from that because I rewatched this again recently, and it's like, uh, yeah, he's going through the whole family trauma, but then you also have, um, you know, Judith and all these, you know, part of the she's doing fine. You know, it's still a broken house and stuff, but she's doing fine. So I think there is still some sort of that, like you know, inner evil, as Doctor Loomis says. Because yeah. I do like that whole Doctor Loomis interview where he's like, you know, these are the face of a true psychopath. Yeah. It's very different. I'm not going to say it's better than the original. Well, I think the original one is is a little, uh, you know, it's kind of, I think it's dull, to be honest, because I like Halloween 2 more. But, you know, if I say that, I'm going to, you're going to see me hung up outside on <laughs> El Monte uh, Avenue over the overpass. So um, it's different. It's still Rob Zombie. But the thing is, like, I like the whole aspect with Dr. Loomis playing. He, he He's more sympathetic in this one here. I feel like I'm really rooting for Dr. Loomis because it's like, oh, in the second movie, that's a whole other story because he's playing like this, you know, diva glam yeah. author. But uh, no, like I said, I, I really like the first movie more so than the original Halloween, but not as good as like Halloween 2 or something like that. It, it's something completely different. I recommend watching it without watching the other Halloween movies. Like if you're having a marathon, um, try to watch those like a few days later or something or separately. Or from, first. You know, your... Yeah, or reverse too. Yeah, that's one thing we talked about with the remakes episode is the remake. While might not be as classically good in a filmmaking sense or in a film history sense, at least it could give somebody the vested interest to go back and maybe have the patience for that pacing. And I'm not. I mean, it's you're obviously going to be frustrated going from any movie from 2000 to the 70s. It's just the pace, the style of film is different. But if you actually care about the characters and the comparative analysis, it's super easy to get into. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because I remember my mom watched the Rob Zombie when she said it was scary. She did not like the fact that Lori was fingering a bagel. She's like, Lori would never do that. My mom was very adamant. Lori would never be that way, right? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's where she drew the line. That's her principle in action. I said, of everything that you want, I mean, because, you know, when you watch the theatrical cut, especially, you know, 
Lou Temple, you guys have to go back and listen to the interview. The part where they're raping the girl in front of Michael Myers. You don't really see mm-hmm. that in the theatrical cut. You see in the director's cut. It's much longer. It's it's awful. And you're almost like happy that he kills them, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the Toxic Avenger in that scene. I'm like, yeah. okay, they're going superhero territory. But then you're reminded how evil he is because Danny Trejo. And I'm like, and then, you know, you have to remember, oh, this is the Rob, Rob Zombie film. So we're going to have Danny Trejo in it. We're going to have Ken Forey. So now we know what happened. Where, yeah, and where Michael got his suit. And and so you you get all of these other gritty little tidbits and stuff that are very, you know, very Rob Zombie in style. And I, I do like that. So if you like that and like, you like having that in a Halloween movie, I think that's great. I think it gets a little convoluted because I assume that when Michael's growing up in the Rob Zombie one, they, they, they say what year it is. I assume it's in the 80s. Feels like it's in the 80s. Yeah, because it's set in the modern day for 2007. So... I assume that's a timeline. So then if you do the math, I don't know. It's weird. I tried doing the math back then and it was something about it was off to me, but whatever. And then of course Daniel Harris is playing a high school girl. I think at this time she's like almost 30. So <laughs> I like that they brought her back, but then Brad Dorf plays her father, you know, uh, Chief Brackett, which I love. And Dee Wallace mm-hmm. is, is the mom. And, and so, you know, there's all these little fun things that he brings to the movies. Margot Kidder is in part two. She's exactly. Like, the therapist. So I just love Weird that Weird Al that. is also in two. Oh, so yeah, have, people a- need to have some fucking respect. Octavia Spencer's in part two. Which oh, is crazy right. when she plays the nurse. Yeah, because it's just like she went on to great heights. I know. He even comments, uh, Rob Zombie was saying, like, I have an Academy Award winner and I'm putting her, like, I'm murdering her on Halloween. Like, this is it. Well, it, it almost makes you wish that they did the treatment like they did to Carrie when they're like, you know, John Travolta became big. And they're like, oh, yeah, Carrie starring John Travolta. Like, you almost <laughs> wish that they would go back like Halloween 2 from fucking whatever. It's it's Octavia's breakout performance. Shut up. We well, that's what they did with, Well, that's what they did with Leprechaun because the new DVD version of it has a Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she's Jen. on the cover like oh, she has like the big O face. I'm like, oh yeah, he was the worst part of that movie. <laughs> well, George Clooney with Grizzly Two and with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes Two or Return of the Killer Tomatoes. There's a few of those little gems. It's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but what I like about the Rob Zombie one, too, is that the characters are more memorable. Um, like, for example, can you remember, besides, I got your ghost, Bob. Um, you know, there's not many memorable characters. Like, like for example, Ken Free, Speed uh, kills, asshole. Yeah. Uh, Joe Grizzly, bitch. You know, so, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you get memorable stuff like that. I know. <laughs> yeah, and, and I love, and as awful as, uh, you know, the dialogue is, like, that's that's the kind of dialogue I love. It, it, that's the thing. It's almost like asking uh, John Waters or something to remake Halloween. If you tell tell a director like that, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get similar dialogue and get, yeah. you know, like they ask Rob Zombie and they're like, wait, this isn't like, like what the fuck do you expect? It's Rob Zombie. You're going to get vulgarities. You're going to get characters saying, your daughter has a nice piece of ass. I wouldn't mind fucking that. You know, Just, you'd almost feel betrayed if you didn't. You'd be like, what is yeah. this? Are you watering him down? Is it, Like, I remember when. Avenged Sevenfold and M Shadow started singing. People like had to keep making excuses, like, "Oh, he thrashed his voice and everything." You listen to him, and he's like, "No, I always just wanted to sing, and it was just the kind of genre we were doing when I was screaming." And then we grew up, and it's like, and he Ooh. has a beautiful voice, ladies and gentlemen. So there's that. <laughs> well, what I do, I don't know why I find it so funny. I always like laugh out loud in Rob Zombie's one where they're fighting. The bullies are kind of beating up Michael Myers in the bathroom. And then the principal walks and he's like, what are you doing? Break it up. But like, he's trying to save Michael Myers. And Michael Myers is just like, fuck you. It's like, what did you say, young man? He just, like, I, I don't know. I just I find it funny. Like, it's like, he's coming in here to save your ass. And you tell him to fuck off. 
So, you know, there you go. But it also shows the complexities of being a kid. Like that's one thing I actually genuinely like is the misguided anger, you know, people being so reactionary and impulsive. And in that situation, by being saved, he's basically putting a bigger target on the kid. Elements like that could have been fleshed out if you weren't having to, like Adrian said earlier, basically go from there on. Okay, now we have to do a rework of John Carpenter. If they could have explored that, I think it would have worked a lot better. I mean, honestly, I would have liked it if he was a kid throughout the whole movie. And then make Halloween to like him as Mm -hmm. that could be cool. Well, just imagine his years in the asylum. Hannibal Lecter, they do a pretty damn good job in the later installments, like you're biting the nurse's face and they do things to make sure that, you know, even in Silence of Limbs, you know that he isn't just sitting in a room. He is evil incarnate. He's continually scheming. He's he's like a shark. He's always moving. And imagine you do that with Michael Myers because he's been institutionalized for fucking 20 years. You mean to tell me that in 20 years, not a single drop of blood was spilled? And that's one thing I, in 2018 when it's just like him standing in a yard, I was like, Come on, I was fucking stabbed somebody in the neck. Come on, just a little bit. Well, he was in prison though in 2018. The stupid checker pattern thing. That's what I'm saying though. Like, make him like be you know bleeding people ritualistically in cells and stuff. Yeah. Well, then maybe that's why Part Six works. If you watch the director's cut, because then you know they kept him this whole time. So that's how he's. How he's hanging out. That's where he goes after he kills all these people. He just goes home and hangs out. And <laughs> so yeah, well, stupid. I like Michael Myers in the sixth movie because um, who the guy who played him, he had like a little bit of a pot belly. So like in that first scene when he like hangs that nurse up against that uh, that metal spike oh, in the hallway. Yeah. yeah, it's like he kind of just stands there and he's and uh, I remember I was watching this with Coker. And Coker's just like, yeah, Michael let himself go. That's what <laughs> he's older. <laughs> he's older. Well, he's got like the, the boomer gut. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah, that's right. I just got done cutting my grass. Metabolism <laughs> slowing down. Yeah, that's how I thought Michael Myers was. He's like, well, today was a hard day's work. Time to go get a brewski. So. Oh, my God. I feel like Freddy would go get a beer. Like, Freddy is more of a beer person. I feel like Freddy's, no, Freddy's more of like a Mai Tai. Yeah, or like oh, a pina yeah. colada. Okay. So then Michael would have a beer. I think like and then uh, an antagonistically foofy drink, I think, is what Fred he'd have like a fuzzy yeah. navel and be like, say something, say something. Go ahead. Yeah. I used that's to have a true. friend who'd get a Scooby snack, which is apparently like sugar covered sugar liquor. And he'd be like, Yeah, do you want to say something? And he'd like want to like throw down with people. He's like, it tastes fucking delicious. <laughs> Calm the fuck down, Bogdan. So yeah, so that that's the difference with that there. But I, I will gotta say, Michael Myers is menacing as an adult in Rob Zombies, because uh that guy was fucking huge. I'm like, yeah. And, and you do feel bad for the character. Like I, like I said, that's the difference with, with you know, the John Carpenter one versus the Rob Zombie one. Rob Zombie spends a little more time with some of the characters. So you feel bad for him. Like, you feel bad for Danny Trejo when he's like, I was good to you, Mike. You know, I was good. You know what I mean? Like, but in, you know, in the original, and I'm not saying, you know, one's better than the other. But like some of the characters are just like, oh, we're, let, let's go smoke pot and have sex. You know, there's not much character development, so you're not going to feel bad. It's like, okay, well, you know, just Michael Myers is fucking around in a bed sheet. Just kill him already. These people are boring. Oh, I think he puts the bed sheet out of the remake, too, but it's scarier, I guess. I'm, well, I, you know what? I always think that it's scary in the old one when the door opens and he's just standing there. He's not standing up straight. He's a little, little bent, right? And there's just something yes. about... Yeah, but there's something about the way he's standing there. Oh, 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 I hate that. Oh, my God. Okay. so Well, see, here's another little analysis on the Rob Zombie one. And I picked I didn't pick up on this before, but I like the fact that like as a kid, um, and I get like even when he's like in the he gets he turns into an adult. 
he puts the mask on when he's like in that in that shape mode where he's like emotionless and he'll kill anybody and then he'll take it off and they'll take it back on like and he's doing that whole conversation with dr loomis i like to imagine the- that laparco was the same way Mm-hmm. A, a pro wrestler who used to wear a skeleton mask and a hood and he'd have a chair and he'd hit people with a chair and then he'd do a funky chicken dance. So I imagine when he didn't have the mask, not hitting people with chairs, no funky chicken to be seen. Yeah. And he's like, well, that wasn't me under the mask. So the insurance can go fuck themselves. Exactly. That wasn't me. So that's what Michael Myers is. I didn't kill those people. That was that was the mask. You know, you could go blame Spirit Halloween. <laughs> Go file a lawsuit with them. Uh, oh my God. Well, well, here's another, something that's funny. You just mentioned that up. I was reading. Uh, I was reading some articles today. Some lady is suing her car rental insurance because she got an STD in a car she rented. Oh, she, she from had sex the car? in the car. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So the car rental place is like, well, she's like, under the contract, I got an STD in your car, and you know, it doesn't say any. So I don't know. It's going to court. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> they might just want court. the precedence. You know, there, there are certain times where you you want, you know, even if the cost of litigation is prohibitive compared to what a settlement would be. Sometimes, like I have a couple of cases like that right now, where my clients are like, "Hey, you have carte blanche authority to do whatever you think is appropriate," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll just fight till the wheels come off." Actually, I, I wrote a really scathing petition for costs earlier this week because uh, a guy referred to my co-defendant as the C word, a B word, said that he hoped that she was the victim of uh, domestic violence, hoped she got in a car accident, all those things. So, yeah, words can hurt people. Let's be there, a little sweeter. It, it, was that the Tiger King you're referring to? About- <laughs> Not far from it. Goddamn Carol Baskin. <laughs> Yeah. I will never recover from this financially. She, Carol Baskin is the cause of COVID. Here, kid, cutie. It pisses me off. My kid loves the Offspring cover of that song and the music video where it's the person in the tiger mascot doing skateboarding tricks, and then YouTube took it down. So Aww. if you have a copy of that, send it to me in MP4 format so I can uh, show it to my kid. Aww. But, oh, so, Doug, did you want to talk about part two really quick? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll, I'll admit, I remember when I first watched part two, this is like when I first moved out to California. I graduated, when did that kind of, yeah, because I graduated high school around that time. Then I came back for AIT for my military. And um, I was already, I was already pissed. So I, I was, I watched Halloween too. And I was just like, yeah, I don't like this. I was already in a bad mood when I first seen it. And then I finally got the, um, the box set, the Halloween box set with all the movies. And I rewatched two, and uh, something hit me. It was like, you know what? This, this, as much as I didn't like it, and I see the hate online, this is different. This is what Rob Zombie originally intended. And uh, if you take the Halloween name off of it, like you said, the whole metadata thing, this would be a great Rob Zombie film. It's this is probably the most brutal and like sadistic Halloween movie out of all of them, even including the new ones. I don't even think the new ones are that graphic. But now this one, you get Michael Myers demask like almost through half the movie. So I know that's a pretty controversial uh, thing there, but you do get Richard break in this film uh. and his, and he has wonderful lines of uh, saying, bah, bah. <laughs> like when he gets in that car accident, I counted it. I think he says like 30 times. Bah, bah. <laughs> he doesn't even say fuck. It's bah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, and then that doom head type uh, voice, but no. So, okay. So Halloween two, I like it. It's a great grindhouse style film. Yeah. It's a, it's totally not even, it, this is way closer to your like Texas chainsaw than it is to your traditional Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, uh, I remember the, the advertisement was like, they call it like a violent stabathon, And that's exactly how it is because the first, 
few minutes of the movie, it's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So there's like the homage. So I think that's where Rob Zombie's like, okay, if I have to remake Halloween 2, I'm going to do the first 10 minutes in a hospital and then make it my own movie. Yeah. yeah. And then there you go. There's Halloween 2. It, the hospital stuff's great. Yeah. I think it's very tense. The scene where she runs out in the rain into the uh, security guy's office, like that's some really intense stuff. But as I said before, if you watch Halloween 2 by itself, You'll like it. It's a great drive-in movie. It's great to show the friends and kids and family. And, uh, you know, just the scene, like, when he's out in that field. And they're like, oh, who's this fucker? <laughs> and he just goes and stabs the, those truckers and stuff. It, it's very different. And the, what I do give kudos to Rob Zombie is that this film was shot in 16 millimeter. So, you know, that's what gives that real extra dirty feel to it. And I was reading and watching, like, some special features on there. Uh, when they went to the airport, a lot of the a lot of the film stock was destroyed through TSA security. Uh, when it goes through the X-rays, yep. yeah. So you know, a lot of this stuff had to be reshot. Oh um, my god! It's almost shot like how Rob Zombie did with uh, you know Devil's Rejects. It was a really quick shoot, and he was just tired of like he's like that's why he's like I'm not doing studio films anymore. I'm going to do my own shit because look, Harvey Weinstein is blowing smoke up my ass, pushing me. The suits are all coming in saying we got to do this and this and this. But no, I mean, this is great. And then you get, um, oh, who's the the other Rob Zombie guy that's in all his movies? The guy with the handlebar mustache. I can't remember his name, but he has a good death at the strip club. Remember, he gets like his his foot, his head smashed. Oh, yeah. Like there's great, there's really brutal gore in this film. And um, I don't know. I, I like it as much. It almost feels like you have to give it a crutch because it feels like, and, and even though it's like one of Rob Zombie's later films, it feels like a student film. Mm-hmm. I, and I also wonder if it feels like a student film because he's trying so desperately to do anything but what he's supposed to do. So it almost feels like incongruous. Like you have, like there's the derivative stuff and there's stuff that's completely different. And it it has like this kind of feeling of like a like Bender saying, "I'm going to go make my own film with blackjack and hookers," you know, quite literally. <laughs> Um, so I think that might have something to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you guys like Halloween too? The Rob Zombie one? I mean, as much as I could. <laughs> I I had problems with it I, when I first saw it. I, I do love the, the beginning sequence in the hospital. I think it's great. I love what's going on with Lori. My issues that I have with it is one, Sherry Moon has to fucking be in the movie for some reason. Like Yay. she didn't need to be in this one. The so we have to, character. We have to get her in there somehow. So now it's like this white horse bullshit. So I hated that. I know it's like artsy farsy, whatever. And I should like that because usually I like that, but I don't like it for this movie. And I don't like the fact that a lot of the, the sequences that do happen are just dreams that Lori has. So you never know if this is really happening or not. And that was wrong franchise, me off. lady. Dreams are not for you. It's Freddy Krueger territory. Now, this film, I can't say Lori Strode is pretty annoying. She is screaming a lot in this film. So I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm crazy. Shut up already. <laughs> I mean, mean, having somebody be sympathetic and desperate and scared doesn't really offend me. It's just, it's all how you do it, you know? And I think that it's just kind of, yeah. Whatever. Well, you said you like the sheriff, right? Brad Dwarf. And that's one thing I got to give props to Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie can make, you know, mainstream actors look ugly, the ugliest way they can. Brad Dwarf looks like he hasn't taken a shower in (laughs) three months. You see like that beard. I'm like, holy shit. And I watched it on 4K OLED TV. So it's just like, man, Brad Dorff, uh, you need to take a shower. You're looking like the Grizzly Man. I mean, everybody. The, the, the Grizzly Man who was eaten by the Grizzlies, who he was like homies with. 
<laughs> he looks like that, but if a, the grizzly bear shit him out, that would be how Brad Dwarf would look in the in Halloween too. But again, I, but that's the thing though is that all of his characters are always decrepit and just very like you know run down, and I could see that happening with them. Vitamin D deficiency over there. Because, well, yeah, here in Ohio, and then they don't have <laughs> the sun in Ohio. That's why everybody it. tries to be an astronaut from there so they can go up to the sun because they don't have it in Ohio. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's a true statement. Seven months out of the year is cold and frigid. So there's that's like, why heroin is the big thing out there. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's why I, it, it almost feels like she's, you know, I think she is. She's doing drugs in this one, right? Or she's she works at the record shop. She's got tattoos she is, yeah, now. She, she's got like ratty hair. And she lives in like the back office of a Hot Topic with graffiti all over the walls and gum and old stickers yeah so i did like her girlfriend though that dressed up as uh what's his name from the rocky horror picture yeah, show. yeah yeah so i liked that that was fun i mean there are things there are a lot of things i do like about it do i like it as better as the other one i think i just expected because i was so happy with the first one that i was disappointed when because the the white horse has to go that whole every time we would stop because there's a lot of momentum it would stop because he's seeing Again, we don't need to know, like, we already know what happened to him as a child. Like, why do we, he, it's almost like he still wants us to kind of see inside Michael's head. And these are the things that's driving him. But that's also like, okay, Pamela Voorhees with Jason do, already mm-hmm. done. That's already been done. We already have dreams. Nightmare on Elm Street. Was, did he do that on purpose? Or was that because he was rushed with the film? I don't fucking know. I think he had to get Sherry in there somehow. He could have put her in there as like a flashback or something. Like, he didn't need her to be in the whole fucking movie. Just now, like, did you guys like the Michael McDonald, Dr. Loomis in this film or like in Rob Zombie's ones in general? Malcolm, I like Malcolm McDowell a lot. Malcolm a lot. McDowell. I, I root for him. <laughs> he is not the best actor. I will be completely blunt, but I like Aww. him, which is weird. You know, like Clockwork Orange, I think he's very, very good in. And I don't know that he's necessarily acting so much as that tantruming nature is just kind of of the age that he might have been at. Uh, and yeah. also Kubrick was kind of a, a wizard at pulling out performances from people they could never really recreate. But whenever I see Malcolm McDowell in something like I will always try and go out of my way to watch him. And I think he did a really good job. Like you said, you know, it's it, very, very uh, big shoes to fill with one Donald Plessence. So uh, I think that he did a, a good job. Yeah. And I do like that twist at the end with Lori losing her shit. So I think that was really good. If you wanted to keep it going, that would have been a good place to pick up. But I'm glad that it didn't because I don't think we needed it. So, and then, you know, we have the new one, but I don't think we need to talk about the new, new one. Well, maybe we can make a little blurb on there so we can get the metadata. (laughs) In 2018, she has a rifle and frizzy hair. If she traded in the rifle, she could buy conditioner, which would resolve her frizzy hair. The rifle doesn't do any good, so she should have traded it in for conditioner for the aforementioned frizzy hair. That's my TED Talk on 2018. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, did you guys like the 2018 one? Yeah. I like the soundtrack more than the movie. I'll be honest with you. Like going into it, I'm just like, okay, it's just another like it's Marvel. What if, you know, and I haven't watched mm-hmm. Marvel. What if? Because I've read those comics for years and the whole like, wouldn't it be crazy if blah? I mean, I, I already saw the retread. I already saw them do it again. And it's not as though this is something that's so unheard of. It's not like Laurie Strode in space 
or, you know, on a fucking aircraft carrier or whatever. It's just like it's very well-worn territory. It is done well. It's just narratively it didn't kind of need to exist to me. So I think what will really characterize how I feel about it is how the next two are. If we get like a really good cohesive trilogy, then one 2018 kills and ends, I think could be like my favorite, but I think it's going to be so dependent because I'm, you know, I keep talking about the next one kind of ruins it. Four is good. Five kind of ruins it. H2O is good. Resurrections kind of ruined it. So Adrian, what about you? I think, I think it's good. I I don't, there are parts that I've about it that were scary. I felt like that brought you back to the first one, especially like with the babysitter he's in the closet. That was really like that was scary to me. And there's, you know, there's parts where he's really savage when he kills the young boy in the car. And there's things that, you know, things like that going on. I do know that there was a lot of drama, not a lot of drama, but I know that Daniel Harris had made a comment about the new one because she was pissed off that, you know, we're going to incorporate Lori with another daughter, but it's not, it's not Jamie. So I get it. I guess a lot of people who are really into the four and five, why they wouldn't like this one, because now we have a brand new daughter and a granddaughter and all the shit going on. I feel like Judy Greer is more uh, reminiscent of Jamie Lee Curtis, I guess, in that way, because they're both kind of, you know, like lanky like that. So I think it's, I think it's good. I think that they're, I, I don't know. I, I like, I feel like Danny McBride now is trying to like get his hand in these like horror movies. Well, that's the, <laughs> the thing. Fact that Danny he's McBride's... attached to it. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, you could say, like, I remember when I, I enjoyed it when I saw it in the theater and then when I bought the DVD of it, I was like, ah, oh, you know, on the second watch, it's like, yeah, it's not as good as I remember it. But, um, like you can tell, like that was that's what distracted me. The the whole some of the dialogue with Danny McBride, yeah. Like when he's like, "Oh, these women were feeding me guacamole in all these sexy ways." I'm like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a that's a Seth Rogen yep. joke, you know." Uh, yeah. Like it, it, yeah, it just didn't fit. You know what I mean? And um, I I don't know. For me, like that's what always it pulled. Like I remember in the theater when I heard that when they said that line of dialogue, I'm like, "Oh." That, I'm thinking of This is the End and all those other stoner movies. Yeah, that, that's a, you know, so it's a little reminiscent of that. Do, do we need the jokes in it? I feel like we need them now because you know how people are. We talked about this before. The kids now need something to catch, keep their attention, right? They can't just sit there and not get on their fucking phone. Like, I mean, I remember when I saw the Halloween 2018, I was pissed off because some other fucker next to us like like well not next to us but in front of us like he had his phone and he's taping it on his phone so he can make a story like he's at the theater what you motherfucker nobody gives a fuck that you're at the movies like why are you taping the opening like that is so tacky and i'm thinking oh because these goddamn kids just can't sit here without their i'm sound like an old lady oh my god we are old we're in our 30s we need to my botox was tingling while the man was filming the screen it was, and you know, I'm, then and I there was it, a train on the screen, and it scared me because I thought it was a real train. I just don't understand. Like, if you're going to be on the phone, why even go to the movies? Like, just stream it from home, and just but that's it, you know. But I, I think that I'm, I'm really hopeful for Halloween Kills. I think it comes out this weekend, right? So, yep. Yeah, did you see the controversy in the news again? I saw. Uh, fi- the firefighters are like, we need, you need to cancel Halloween kills or at least cut out the firefighter scenes. I'm like, well, what happened to the cops? The cops are getting killed in all these movies. They, well, they don't count because they don't get hurt. No, they die. A cop dies in part two. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm like, I'm like, you guys are bringing, maybe they're trying to do that purposely. You know, some movies do that. They make their own firefighters like hey can you say like can you get rid of uh the firefighter scenes and that'll bring free advertising for us oh i thought it so was they like could do the red lives matter 
Well, they, yeah. they, but that's the thing is they're public servants. They don't need advertising because, you know, as, as I am a public servant, you know, we're just the pissons of the society, right? So the only ones who think they're special really are the cops. Let's, let's be honest. So, and, and none of us get paid well. So there's something we have in common. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I just thought it was a mass murder that they were pissed off about. So I, I didn't read the whole thing. I, I really don't care. Like, I don't think they should cut anything out. It's a fucking horror movie and people die. Like, but there'd be like people like alligators or excuse me, crocodiles being upset at Lake Placid being like, hey, not all of us are, are bloodthirsty. Some of us are vegan. OK, that's kind of the way I see it. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. Lake Placid, though, huh? That's some good shit. That's better than like five of these fucking Halloween movies. <laughs> oh, my God. Although Betty White is in it. I do love that movie. But Fuck shush. yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess I guess we're coming up towards the end of the episode. We've, yep. been, we've been gabbing a very long time now. So, now, now, if you say for say for someone who's never seen any of the Halloweens, and I, I, I maybe I'm obviously making the question obvious. If you had to give someone like someone was over, like let's watch a Halloween movie and they never seen it. What which Halloween movie would you have them watch? Oh. They, which is they've never favorite? seen any of them. They've never seen any of them. They think Michael Myers is like, oh, is that the guy with the chainsaw and the and the finger gloves? See, that's the hard thing because I feel like a duty as I mean, I'm. No, this is something I always get frustrated with with the show. It's like my opinion doesn't mean fucking shit. Nobody else's opinion should mean anything to you. I mean, unless you're looking at it for validation, I guess. But like contrarian opinions, you're never going to change somebody's opinion on the internet. Just who gives a shit, right? So yeah. I've always felt like my duty on the show is to be something of a film historian to a certain degree, talking about technical elements, trivia, so much so that people call me a bug man or something. Uh, and so I feel like what I would probably do is be duty bound to go, well, and here's your fucking film history. Let me like kind of edify you and supplant some of the information and talk about like how quaint and meager these, you know, beginnings are. I think I'd have to start with one and going all the way back to like, hey, their production assistants were having to grab handfuls of leaves and just throw them around to make it mm -hmm. look like this. And that's like the kind of ingenuity and stuff that you're dealing with. But I mean, I wouldn't offend me if you said, I mean, any of them really, because like I could totally see showing someone resurrections as their first one to be like, Hey, it's all uphill from here. <laughs> So what's your personal favorite one then? I, I think it really depends on who the person is. So if it's someone that I think that is a more appreciative of film and can get the, you know, the pacing and be okay with pacing then part one, right? If, you know, it's someone I know who does not like a slow burn, like Dan, for example, yeah. I would definitely show him Rob Zombie's Halloween just so that you would have a, a beginning of, of sorts, mm -hmm. right? And I have like I we were going to go see when Halloween first started dating. We we're going to go watch Halloween at midnight at the Enzion because we went to a Halloween party there. And I was like, you know what? Let's go because I don't think you're going to want to sit through this. <laughs> we went yeah. home. I put the it on. And circumstance he, helps. Yeah, he fell right asleep. So I knew. So I showed him Rob Zombie's Halloween. And then since then, he's seen the first one. But same thing with Evil Dead. I showed him the new one and then bring back the old one. I mean, you know, it's. It, it, again, it depends on who it is, like who's going to sit through it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want somebody watching it that I know is going to hate it. Talk shit about it for, you know, hour. Like to me, that's not fun. And I wouldn't subject them to something I know they would hate. What about you, Doug? So I thought about this. I gave this question some thought, maybe about five minutes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, honestly, if I was going to get someone new that has not seen a Halloween movie, I would give them Halloween four. And the reason I say that 
I know. <laughs> the reason I say that is because it's 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 the one that's drenched most in the Halloween atmosphere, like that opening scene with like the um. And the thing is, you don't have to watch the other ones to understand Halloween four. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's you, true. You get the whole, they explain it. You get that guy that looks scarier than Michael Myers. That uh, that guy at the and he's like he's like telling the whole backstory of exposition. Um, and then you get the I, I don't know. I just feel like Halloween four is the one that I would probably show people that have never seen it before because you get the action, you get. Um, I think it's scary them chasing around Jamie mm-hmm. around as a kid. That's that's pretty horrifying. And then you get the crazy rednecks that get killed, uh, you know, in the back. So it's it's Halloween Four is like the perfect mixture of somewhat of the first one, somewhat of a little bit of the Rob Zombie one, and a little bit of the new 2018 one. So it kind of mixes those in a blender, as weird as that is. But I feel like I would I would show people Four if they never seen it before first. Watch it or spin around to a beautiful oblivion rendezvous. <laughs> yeah, I'm through yeah. with you. You mentioned a blender, and so I'm like, oh, Eve 6. Uh, I, I think that's actually a pretty damn good analysis. It's short for the mask being somewhat terrible. I've always wanted to like learn computers really well or get some like, high-functioning piece of shit and see if I could deep fake his mask. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't like the mask either at first, but it grew on me. I'm like, you know, because he gets it from like a dollar store. I'm like, it makes sense. It looks <laughs> yeah. so cheap yeah. and spooky. And um, and that's where the paper mache mask from Rob Zombie works so well because it's cheap. It 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 makes logical sense that it's cheap, but it also has such a great effect of looking fucking haggard and just like every dirty thing that Rob Zombie puts on screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and uh, to mention that too, uh, Halloween Horror Nights, the one in California, they had a maze specifically made Halloween for the return of Michael Myers, so they made it specifically for that. And then I, I almost forgot to him like you get that really cool scene with uh, doc, Dr. Loomis in the gas station. You get him all bandaged up, which I think yeah. that's a really cool Michael Myers look with the bandaged uh, look face. So I don't know. I feel like that one mixes a lot of the films that it makes it very easy for someone to watch that one for the first time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the way you just said that, the Dr. Loomis. Uh, for some reason, it reminded me of The Simpsons with the uh, musical version of Planet of the Apes with Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. And so I'm thinking of, I'm rock me. Dr. Loomis is in my head right now, but I'm I'm buying everything you're selling. I would start with four as well now. Yeah, just because it has everything there. You don't have to like get loose ends. You don't have to start out with the slower first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, you'll probably get people cosplaying Dr. Loomis after that one, going to coffee shops and uh, saying, <laughs> I'll have, he had the blackest coffee, the darkest coffee, the devil's coffee. <laughs> he's ordering coffee. Yeah. Uh, that's cute. I like that. I agree. So that's fun. Well, I think that we've come to the end of the episode. So I'm really glad that we get to talk about Halloween this month, you know, because Halloween is coming up and I feel it's only fitting, even though I know everyone's done it, but I hope that we came at it uh, for our listeners in a very unique kind of way. Um, And a self-contained way. I mean, I I love this book house podcast, but Jesus, an entire month of this would have liquidified my brain. Yeah, for no, sure. that's what Ghostbusters did. I, I don't even want to see the new Ghostbusters because of the whole month. We just Fuck off, Finn Wolfhard. I don't got time for your shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so fucking sick of it. No, just kidding. But Finn, Finn Wolfhard needs to shut his mouth. He's always every picture I see of him. He's always like, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, like Patrick Drooling. Star. That's yeah, like uh, uh, I'm famous. So, um, so anything that we want to peddle, gentlemen, before we go? Well, you can always reach out to slasherspod at gmail.com or the link tree, which is L I N K T 
r.ee slash slashers pod has links to fucking everything, which would include the Patreon, which is a place where you could just throw sweaty handfuls of cash. There's also coffee where you could throw a one time sweaty handful of cash. There's buy me a cup of coffee where you don't even have to buy coffee. You can just throw an aforementioned sweaty handful of cash. And Doug, I seem to think that you may have some kind of on screen presence on a Roku device. Am I right? Yes, yes. And you know, I have to hack your Roku devices. So uh, every Friday night at 8 p.m., I host Friday Night Action. It's a show where we show a bunch of crazy movies, rare movies, and horror movies in between. So this week, um, well, this is going to be coming out early, but I just did a film you guys are going to love. It's it's basically Nightmare on Elm Street meets Vietnam War. I've never seen it before. I never even heard of it before. But that's the kind of stuff we show, really weird, obscure shit that's been kind of lost to VHS times. And uh, that's B-Movie TV on Roku. And uh, yeah, you can pop. You can see Jake on there, too, Saturdays at 10. I'm super into your movie, so I think we're definitely going to have to sit down and watch that in the midst of everything we have going on this month. Definitely. Well, I'm, I'm about to, after we're done filming or recording this, then I got to film the intro and outro for that. So, oh, Good on it. And then Adrian, let's say I wanted to cover my boobs in something slashers oriented. <laughs> How would I do that? Oh, you would just go over to slasherspod.revbubble.com where you can get all of our Slashers Pod merch. I don't have anything on today because I wanted to wear something like Halloween related and orange, but usually um, we have so many fun little designs up there all by Jake. Please come and support us with very minimal profit. We just want you to have our stuff so that you can be excited. And when you're at a Halloween Horror Night, somebody's like, oh man, I love your shirt. You can be like, oh yeah, listen to Slasher's Pod. We're on everything. So hopefully that happens. Literally can't be easier. Please just (laughs) click the fucking link. I know, I know. So, you know, we had a lot of fun with you guys. We still have our Patreon episode, I guess. But other than that, like this is our last uh, week of Talktober. So happy Halloween, everybody. And on behalf of Jake and Doug, goodbye and good day.